Welcome to MIA 2K. Your ticket from Miami to Seoul. We're Kathy and Laura, and we're so happy you could join us today. You probably know us from, just kidding, you don't know us yet. We're just two Miami girls with obsessive fandom tendencies who fell into the inescapable void of Korean entertainment. And we're here to share our insights and spill all the tea only grown fans like us can enjoy. We've done all the research and acclimating so you don't have to. Before we begin, please make sure you're following us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And if you love visuals like us, you can watch us on our YouTube channel. We drop episodes with our hot and sunny takes every week. Should we say hi? We should. Okay. Hi, guys. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Today, we are doing another episode that we've been wanting to do from the very beginning of our podcast, and that is on DPR, the Dream Perfect Regime. We are big fans of their music. We just saw them in concert a couple of weeks ago, so we are very blessed to have seen them in person and we're really excited to do this episode so very excited so just as a reminder we still have a little under two weeks of hispanic heritage month left so you can still find us on apple Podcasts under their el vecindario and specifically under con mi gente so with that <laughs> let's move on to what i guess the most basic question who is who and or what is dpr yeah and you th- you say it's basic and it, it is, but at the same time, I Not think really. it's very confusing. <laughs> yeah, actually. For newbies and the uninitiated, they might have a hard time understanding who, what DPR is. I had a hard time with it. I don't know if you did when you started, like, really looking into them. I think you kind of just, like, accepted it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't think went. I had a hard time. And you went along for the ride, but yeah. I definitely, when Laura started sending me their music, I was like, wait, can you explain who are these people? Like, is it a group? Is it a solo is it like they take turns what's going on (laughs) so i had a very hard time understanding and we've talked to people on our instagram who have whenever they see their posts are like wait who's dpr and like we send them music recommendations for them and stuff like that and we try to explain it as concisely as possible but yeah so from their website dream perfect regime is a multi-genre music and video group They create, direct, produce, and edit all types of visual work, as well as curate artists that derive from various musical backgrounds and influences. Based in Seoul, our collective's main focus is to engage all audiences by actualizing a distinctive audiovisual experience. They went ham with the SAP words here. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, in, in short, it is a collective. It's a small group of people that all wear a lot of hats and do a lot of things within their like themselves like the hyphenated to the max to the max like <laughs> they're like oh you need a truck driver today i guess i'm doing that <laughs> they literally will do anything and everything to make their work come to life and they're really really good really good they're really dedicated very and we are big big fans of them very. and uh, here we are to tell you why you should be too there are four members dpr ian Real name, Christian Yu. DPR Life, Hong Dabin. Probably massacred that, sorry. DPR Cream, Kim Kyung Mo. DPR Rem, Scott Kim. Hearts for all of them. Mm, very talented. So I, when we started thinking of this episode, which is like a long time ago, I try to remember how I got into them, and I can't remember. I think DPR Life just came up in like my... I might have been listening to YouTube and it just came like up as my next 
like a recommendation yeah i, I guess after maybe watching something from like higher music or, mm-hmm. or, or one of those artists probably that makes sense and i just kind of fell in love with it and i had no choice i just couldn't stop listening she <laughs> found them and then she says that she had no choice she definitely did and then she actually took that choice and shoved it up her <laughs> where the sun don't shine and then said kathy's gonna come down this one with me too so she started sending me their music. Again, I was very confused with who they were and what their musical style was and what the whole collective concept meant or encompassed, I guess mm. is the word I'm looking for. And yeah, I wasn't into the music at first. I was very wrong again. <laughs> I think this podcast is just like an intervention to myself <laughs> of like all the things that I was against or wasn't seeing the charm of. And that took me a really long time to get into and DPR was one of them. I, I think Laura sent me Jam and Butterfly many times. Like, many times. <laughs> it's a good song. And I know it's like, how could you not love that song? Because it's so, like, light and refreshing and easy to listen to. Yeah. But I just didn't get it at first. Like, it was it, there's nothing wrong with it. And I guess I was just, I don't know, very enthralled with something else. So I just didn't, K-pop. like... Probably. No, I was listening to a lot of higher music, too, at the time. Yeah, but it's very different. Their yes, sound is exactly. very different. Yeah, yeah, their sound really... DPR does have a very specific sound, especially live. I think yeah, yeah. live style is not something that I'm musically Inclined used to. to or yeah. yeah, it's not really what I tend to vibe towards or yeah. gravitate towards. Makes so, sense. yeah, I was, I was not... The math wasn't mathy <laughs> for me to, like, really give it a chance. And then I think it wasn't until... We saw the flyer for Head in the Clouds, mm. and we saw that they were coming, and I forced myself to listen to yeah. their music more, and then I was like, oh, I don't hate this. Yeah. And that's how I kind of, like, went down, but I, this is where her and I will go into 4%. She immediately gravitated towards DPR Live. I love him. And I immediately fell head over heels for DPR Ian, like, immediately and just so you know we're going to go into a little bit of detail as we go along the episode onto what each of the members do because they do have different responsibilities and you know their roles kind of intertwine and they're different depending on what the project is but we will explain what all four of them do yeah. so so we want to start with dpr ian yeah from what i understand he was the mastermind that brought all of them together it seems so to start dpr yeah Actually, at first, I thought it was live, and I'll get into why I thought that when we discuss him, but it was DPR Ian. Kathy, take it away. Christian was born in Australia, went to high school and all, all his, uh, did his life in Australia, and then decided he wanted to try a different thing, and he wanted to do his musical thing. He moved to Seoul. He got discovered in the most random way. I think he said I was like leaving a convenience store and got like handed a card and showed up the next day and he didn't even know it was an audition. He had nothing prepared. They asked him if he could sing, if he could dance, and he's like, maybe. And he used like another song that someone else that was auditioning had and did some random like dance to it. And somehow he still got casted because that's how talented he is. It's not somehow. He's very good looking you know i'm just saying somehow in the terms of like you you go to these auditions everyone's so prepared and like it's hard to believe how like you can just show up and like kill it but he did his visuals are top 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 top. so like i get why they would be like it we can work on it we can work on it yeah they're like you know what this guy's gonna be a pole 
and they made him the leader of the group that they started. So he was in a group called, it's mostly known as Sea Clown, but it actually stands for Crown Clown, and I'm sure that was a mouthful for Korean people to pronounce at the time, which is probably why they went with Sea Clown. And his name, while he was in that group, was Rome, which is derived from his Korean name, which is Barom or Barom. Like, I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry. That group was active from 2012 until 2015. And in 2015, he was like, I'm out. I'm done with this. And that's when he wanted to start DPR. And that's when, at some point, he all, he talks in interviews about he had started to post some content on YouTube. He found DPR's uh, lives content on YouTube. They started kind of like becoming friendly. And then the problem was that his label wasn't letting him off the hook, even though he was trying to get out of his contract. But then at some point in 2015, he was able to finally get out and start the DPR collective, the Dream Perfect Regime collective with Live, Cream, and Run. What's intriguing to me about his journey is they started the collective in 2015, but Ian didn't actually start dropping his own music until 2020. Yeah, he he did mostly the visuals. He was very Correct. behind the visuals. And before he really started dropping his own music, the whole collective was basically focused on DPR's lives music. Correct. And the supporting of that. Correct. Work. Yeah. Basically. I think it has to do with I, I've seen a lot of uh, Christian's content because he dropped the album. He did a lot of interviews recently, so I've seen a lot of those interviews. And I understand that probably because of him being confined to the world of K-pop, yeah. it probably took him some time to be able to get out of that system and really like find his voice yeah. and figure out who he is right now and who he's been and all those things. So like Laura said, like they focused on Live's push because right, yeah. live was ready and ian was ready to support him right so which is amazing i just amazing. I'm, again it's just very surprising that it took him as long as it did for him to start dropping his own music right. which is amazing so with that said he actually debuted with this song called so beautiful which is amazing because like the the beats and the vibes and the the flows and the cadences and everything about that song is amazing but what's really amazing and i'm inserting myself into this one here he dropped it on october 26th which is my birthday of 2020 so like it was a gift to me thank you and uh <laughs> you're welcome everybody for my gift to you on my birthday on 20 in 2020 so that's the first song that he started with which again is a really good vibe that song is so like dance lounge but not crazy and just like something you can hear in the background and like some whistle tones it's not down at all it's just a really good song so in again he dropped so beautiful as like a solo single in 2020 in october 2020 and then in march of 2021 he dropped officially his first album actually actually no his first album is this one that just came out yeah is this one was more of an ep which was the first occurrence of this mythical figure that he created for himself, this persona called Mito, which is M-I-T-O, and it stands for Mood Swings in this order for that first EP. And Mito is, again, this character, this persona, which is like a fallen angel. And there's this whole mythical, beautiful religious thing that I don't want to explain because I think Christian is the only one that can actually explain his world. So you should watch his interviews. Maybe the one that he did with Zach Sang is a good one to reference. But any any interview, uh, he did another written one with Rolling Stone that is also really good. So literally just go watch his explanation of who Mido is and how he created this world. 
But anyway, so he uh, dropped his EP in March of last year, and he had eight songs as part of that EP, out of which I think four are very well-known, amazing, and, like, immediate hits. And then, yeah, from March until we saw them in November on Head in the Clouds, right. like, that's crazy that he dropped music and then appeared on the festival a few months later. Yeah. Like, that was awesome. And then Bill 88 Rising reached out to Ian and Live and got them to do Diamonds and Pearls for the original soundtrack for Shang-Chi. And that was a huge opportunity for them to get a lot of eyes and ears on their music with a freaking Marvel soundtrack movie. Like, that's that's a big deal. And it's a whole bop. And it's a whole bop. Whole ass bop. A whole, the holiest of boppiest. And all in English. Yes. So, Ian, that's something I guess we should mention as well. Yeah. Ian's music is mostly in English. English is really his default. So, his music is... Any, any English speaker is going to be happy to know that if you get into Ian's music, you're going to basically hear only English unless there's a feature. Right. <laughs> and that's it. But, yeah, he's, he's saying so only in English. And then, right now, on July 29th of this year, he dropped Mood Swings in two order. Again, so the first one is Mood Swings in this order. This one's Mood Swings in two order, which is his first official album. But it's the second part of his, it looks like it's going to be a trilogy for this Mido character. Every time that I say the first, the EP is Mido 1, and every time that I say the first album or second drop, it's Mido 2. And, girl, when I tell you that as soon as he dropped the pre-release single, which was Ballroom Extravaganza, I completely just became enthralled and, like, hypnotized and loved every second of it. And the whole album is amazing. Like, the whole album, I think... I don't want to call it a masterpiece because I don't think I have the musical knowledge to call it a masterpiece. But it's a masterpiece. It's great. This is something important to mention as well about Ian. Ian has been extremely open in his press tour for this album in talking about his bipolar disorder, uh, which he discovered he had back in high school. He goes through these extreme manic episodes in his lows and his highs. And uh, he, for this album, he kind of learned how to harness his lows to make music, which is not something that he like recommends doing or something that he feels good about. Because it's such a, I'm guessing, draining, demanding process for him. And I saw this TikTok that I'm going to link on the description. This guy who also has bipolar disorder. And he said that he first heard the album when he was personally in a manic low like stage. And he just couldn't listen to it. But now that he's in a better place, he listened and he's like, it's a fucking masterpiece. So I think all the songs are amazing. I think it's a No Skips album, 100%. I actually wrote a, re a detailed review of every single song, which is on our blog, which you can find in the description box. And he mm. did it. Incredible. It's, it, it's, his music isn't always my favorite, but this particular album was amazing. I have some songs that I enjoy more than others, but overall, it was a really good album. And when I looked more into just like the album in general, I was kind of surprised We'll talk about this a little bit later when we get into the other two DPRs. Cream was the one who produced most of the songs for his the first EP. And it seems like Cream in general takes on the role of producer for a lot of the songs for the collective in general. And he has his own couple of songs that he's mm. dropped himself. But for this one, Rem, who typically is more of like the executive producer, the mastermind, like the behind the scenes dude, was the one that produced 
Ian's album completely, like every single song he produced it, except for Ballroom Extravaganza, which he co-produced with Cream. So I just found that really, really interesting. Mm. That the again, they take on different roles, they wear different yeah. hats depending on what's happening. Rem did a really, 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 really good, good job, job with his production. It's true. Like, and I'm sure it's Ian true. did a lot of the work himself because that's another thing of why they're so talented, why we stand them, why we admire them so much is because they do everything themselves. Yeah. In Ian's case, he's a visionary, and he's much more of a visual person, so he's always worked on the visuals of their work. So, of course, when he did the visuals for this album, just mind-blown, incredible. But, yeah, like, the, the, the fact that, obviously, with engineering aside and stuff, they really did this in-house themselves. Yeah. The talent, just, like... It really is, like, insane. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. So I, I mentioned for the first EP that there were three to four songs that are hits. Those are so beautiful. No Blueberries featuring CL and Live, because of course, Scaredy Cat. And the fourth one is Nerves. Those are the top four that like everyone loves. Listen definitely to the album as a whole, to the EP as a whole, because it's great. And then for that first album, aka the second drop. So the top songs for me from Mito 2 are Ballroom Extravaganza fucking hands down it's a masterpiece it connects to every like i think the first day that it came out laura was like 20 2005 me would have loved like would have been head over heels for this shit like it's very 2000 zemo 2000 zemo <laughs> in yeah. a good way in, in a very good way, way. Yeah. in the best 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 way i think and i wrote the blog about mito 2 i said all the millennials who grew up listening to emo emo rock in the 2000s or going to warp tour and are enjoying stranger things what soundtrack this album is coming for us <laughs> like all of us i never went to warp tour but you know ryan likes this album and he's all of that <laughs> there you go yeah <laughs> ryan's her husband if oh, anybody ryan's knew i was husband. watching yeah. so yeah ballroom extravaganza just fucking masterpiece the second song is mood which I think everyone's equally obsessed with. I love that song. It's amazing. It's the bipolar anthem, like, in terms of it talks about all the different moods mm -hmm. and how it's, it, like, there's this thing called synesthesia that a lot of artists say that they have, which is that yeah. they can see color in their music. Yeah. And this song, the way that Ian presented on stage, he used a lot of color and the yeah. back, like, the behind the scenes, the, like, the lighting. So I can see, like his ups and downs in this yeah. song it's chef's kiss of a fucking song it's good and then the third song is the one where like it depends on the day so sometimes it's one shot sometimes it's calico and other times it's misunderstood it just depends on the fucking day for me and uh the other song that is a huge hit from ian is zombie pop i think laura that's a, probably the first song that you like yeah. so yeah yeah so that's dpr ian you'll be i mean we said it at the beginning kathy's more towards dpr ian and I'm more towards Holy. DPR life. For me, I like mood for a completely different reason. M my top songs in that album are Ribbon, Mood, and Calico. And I like Mood and Ribbon because they're the least, like they're what I consider the most hype. <laughs> and that's kind of what I gravitate towards when I listen to music. Yeah. So I didn't really realize all the nuance of the song until later. 
<laughs> Laura just wants a party. And if you're not going to give her a party right off the bat, she's probably not going to look at you at first. She might give you a chance if I really push her to, but even then she ignores me. So just don't. Just if it's not a party, don't ask her for her attention. She's not going to give it to you. So now that I know the little <laughs> things, it's even more impressive. <laughs> there we go. So the reason why I like DPR Live's music is because it is more like DPR Ian is not a rapper. He's a singer. Mm-hmm. His music is not even hip hop. It's like it's not. It's R and B. Now it's rock. Yeah, it's yeah. synthy. It's um, trappy. Alternative it's indie. Alternative yeah. emo. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of things, but it's not rap. <laughs> yeah, DPR Live is a rapper, and that's kind of why I connected with his music. So. DPR Live was born in South Korea, but his family moved to Guam when he was little and he lived a lot of his time there. And that's why he speaks English pretty much perfectly. Mm-hmm. He went back to Korea to like complete his higher education and he wanted to study like psychology and philosophy. But like once he enlisted, because thank God. <laughs> He enlisted. (laughs) Laura is currently traumatized with three of her biases serving their time. And she is not okay. So she's thankful that she doesn't have to go through this with another one. So it wasn't until he enlisted that he changed his point of view to like gravitates towards music. From what I understand, even though he joined DPR in 2015, he didn't really debut until 2017. He's worked with a lot of the bigger South Korean rappers. I think he is one of South Korea's biggest rappers, to be honest. Actually, just a couple weeks ago or maybe a month ago, Spotify dropped the biggest South Korean rappers per like listens or by listens. And he was number one, which like. I haven't seen that. Huge props to him. Yeah, yeah. It was him. Then it was j park and then ph1 or i think it was him ph1 and then j park it was one of those it makes sense because ph1 just reached uh, a million monthly monthly listeners then it was him j park because uh he has about 1.5 million listeners a month i think j park has about 1.2 1.3 something like that so hey congratulations that makes a lot of sense and props to dpr life he's his music it's really good to me because he can do your typical super like rap heavy music but then he can also go into a very special style of rapping that he has that it's it's not singing but it's kind of singing rap like, singing sing rapping yeah but not but <laughs> not, not like, like i am or, or like post malone it's more like I don't know. It's a I vibe. think he does mo- mostly like he's a very clear rapper, and, and he, it's it's not a blurry line at all. No, not at all. But I do. I guess I'm trying to see like in which song it would make sense like, to to say this, like hula hoops. Um, no, in like Laputa or maybe Legacy. I think we might hear him a little bit more. Like extending some notes here and there, not yeah. just like saying the rap, but like kind of singing yeah. a little bit. But it's a very different, like it's 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 a very chill type of rap, mm-hmm. very chill type of music where you, like you vibe to it. At first, I thought that he was like the leader or like the person behind, the only person behind uh, the collective, mm-hmm. because like we mentioned before, he was the only one that Who was had, putting like, out music. music. Yeah. 
But it, it's not. It was just he knew who he was. We really switch roles here. Yeah. You went for the rapper. I went for yeah. the leader. <laughs> what, a, what a concept. <laughs> it's because of the music. Ian's it's not the leader. Ian would never say he's the leader. Yeah. We're just kidding. Yeah, but it's just because of the music, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. He has a lot of notable songs. He does. A lot of them. Yeah. Some of them that come up to, like, my head right now. Martini Blue, Lapita. Lovely for Hispanic people. It doesn't actually mean like what you would, yeah. The bad word. Yeah. It's it's based on um the book. Yeah. The adventures of the island in the sky. He's basically comparing the woman, his love interest, as like that island in the sky kind of thing. Text me and hula hoops, which is recently. Oh, and jam and butterfly is another really good. Yeah, one. that's him. a great one. So when when we went to head in the clouds <laughs> the first time, which he was one of the reasons why we went to. He was. He was the, the main reason why we went. I and love why him. Laura was super excited to go. Again, I really didn't know about their music like that until after I started listening and forced myself to because I wanted to be in the know, and I'm very thankful that I did. But when we went and he sang Kiss Me, Laura wasn't about that line of like, take your fucking makeup I off still right hate now. It. I love it. And I was trying to explain to her, like, it's not that he's commanding her. It's like the natural you is enough. And I love that. He could have said it differently. But it's a song. So anyway, I, I think he has a lot of really like good lines. They mm-hmm. all have really good lines in their song. The fucking, the DPR we gang gang. The genius, the genius, the sheer genius of that song is like. It's so good. It's so, 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 so so good. good. Like any time that I think for the rest of their lives that they have a DPR concert, they have to play with that song. Like they have to play that, especially at the end. Yeah. Because it's just DPR we gang gang. DPR we gang gang. And uh, Laura's husband, who again is not really into this world, but he comes along and like puts up with a lot of our bullshit because you know makes her happy so it's worth it he's dpr we gang gang like we're it, all dpr it got him <laughs> gang, like, gang. it got him it was great <laughs> funny little story at head in the clouds last year he went to like the restroom and he's just there washing his hands and a guy comes in screaming dpr, DPR we gang gang. gang and everybody in the stalls just started singing it with him it I was just imagine a bunch of guys <laughs> holding their things over urinals going dpr we gang gang he thought it was and if so that's funny. not dpr we gang gang i don't know what it is what is i don't know what it is he has a freestyle that he participated that's like when he blew up that's like what got him the street cred that he has that he participated with CK CK Punchnello and a couple of other artists bro if you haven't listened to it it's good Un freestyle look it up so good E U N G it's so good it's lit so lit but basically that's just kind of how the story is here i you can tell our very 4% how we talked about each artist yeah. differently. Yeah. Like you went deep. I again I was I was doing research for the blog for the album. I've been listening, I've been sitting with Christian's album for two months now. So it's and I've and I've seen a lot of press. The the one thing that I'll never forget was that uh is what well, I don't know if it was Vogue or which video that live did when he was like talking about his health habits. <gasps> oh my god. That is 
probably my <laughs> so favorite cute. favorite like expose yourself type so of content cute. so you know how like they have a, uh, these things of like what's in your bag for like a lot of these artists so i never expected a rapper <laughs> from south korea to be so health conscious like so i get it yes like you know an artist but like this man the efforts that he goes to to keep his body in alkaline mode i guess that's what you say like to to be I, I remember hearing a lot about this when covid first hit because people were just talking about all the natural ways in which you could help and boost your immune system basically if you eat a lot of sugar and a lot of carbs and a lot of all the things that people say are is not healthy your body is just more prone to disease and to not be able to help itself when there's like a virus around or whatever but when you eat more greens and when you just take care of your body and boost it and whatever your body is more in like alkaline mode which is apparently supposedly holistically makes it able to just fight off things more and this man dpr life <laughs> fully like has these test strips that he tests his pee every morning to see which level of alkaline he has, like the pH balance of his body and everything. I'm just like, I was shook. I I'm still him. shook. I it was great. It I was love great. him so much. Yeah. He, he's just great. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I watched so many, like so much of his content. I've listened to so many songs. I've watched probably every single music video he's put out there. And it's just, it's a whole vibe. His music, it's just it's a good time he really knows his shit he knows the style and you can recognize it when you hear him and he's just a good time his music is in korean but he also has a lot of english in it yeah. for example text me i know it's a korean song but to me in my head for some reason it's an english song like he uses enough, enough english where you don't feel like you're not understanding correct and I'm not a person to really care what they're saying most of the time, to be honest. I'm just here for listening and having a good time. Um, and he, he gives me that and more. Yeah. And one more thing. There's two like uh, phrases or tags, I guess they call yeah. them, that, that he uses that popularized him and that he popularized and mm -hmm. that are associated with him forever, which are coming to you live and I cool, <laughs> which is the name of his second first whatever album i think is the second one because i think coming to you live was the first one yes and i cool is the second one so and that and laura has a shirt that she made with that uh art yeah. on it and it's really cool it has like the magazine anonymous letter yeah, cut out yeah. thing situation so i think that's actually one of my favorite cover arts that i've seen for an album yeah. in the recent time to if, be honest if you want to start somewhere i think his last drop i cool is a really good place to start i love every single song in it it is just really good it's a good time and he also has good features yes moving on to the members that don't show a lot of face but are just as important they're more in the behind scenes probably by choice because that's where they like to be and that's dpr cream and dprm he's uh, a producer singer and rapper uh, he's listed as the primary artist producer and composer for ian and lives album he plays multiple instruments the bass drums guitar piano and the synth he debuted with his own single the voyager 737 and even though it's a single 
it had color drive and problems underneath it like as part of the drop and color drive is my favorite song in that yes and then dpr rem he again his name is scott he was born in new york scott is a really big behind the scenes guy but actually he had a lot of time in front of the camera because he is really good friends with amber liu who was in fx and they had a youtube show for a while called what the pineapple and he was just working with her a lot on music and just editing videos and doing content with her i don't really know the status of their friendship or whatever or not i hope everything's cool <laughs> <laughs> i looked into it but i don't know what's happened recently <laughs> but and, and i'm not mentioning because you know being shady i'm just saying i don't i genuinely don't know the, the current information so if someone knows please do tell me scott hit me up i want to know and really, uh, and yeah he's basically the mastermind behind the tour operations and everything he's the one that really knows how to use twitter out of the four of them <laughs> really good at twitter he's really honestly. good at twitter he answers people he answered me and he just like he's talked a lot about the behind the scenes he really hyped up the tour and like explained it from a production standpoint just like how much work went into this tour and all the things that they do which honestly yeah for a company their size the scale of the tour the props on stage and everything which we're going to talk about next and he produced all of mido too so fucking and you couldn't be higher in my book man like as high as it goes so one of the reasons why we waited to talk about dpr is because they just had their concert in south florida uh, September 11th. Yes. It wasn't part of the original lineup. It was not. But Like somehow, original uh, tour stop. Tour stop, sorry. Not lineup. But somehow we made it in. And you know what? I'm happy. You know what? I'm claiming full fucking credit for that. <laughs> because we DM'd the fuck out of Ian. And I don't even know how many DMs I sent in general. But I, when they announced the tour, first of all, we were like, oh, maybe hopeful that they were going to go to Head on the Clouds too. Not too. Our second Head on the Clouds attendance this year. But then they, uh, we saw the tour dates and the head in the clouds thing, and we're like, no, it's not going to go. Like, the dates just don't go, so they're probably not going to go. They dropped the tour announcement, and we're just like, Florida, always a bridesmaid, never the bride. Not even the fucking bridesmaid. We don't even get invited to the wedding. We're nobody. So, <laughs> we're nobody. So we were really sad, but honestly kind of willing to look into maybe yeah. traveling to see them somewhere. I love them. But we, like, held off because Laura wants to be cognizant of her husband <laughs> and his like work schedule and the trips that they want to take outside of our k-pop craziness so we just like kind of waited and then one day they announced that they were adding more tour dates and adding more tour stops and guess what we were in south it. florida made it in we were in it to win they it. didn't just come to orlando like you know most people would and we would respect we and though. understand but they got a whole ass like good venue it wasn't revolution live it wasn't revolution live and we went to see them at the hard rock which, by the way, fun fact, Laura works in construction, and she had a hand in making that building happen. So, yeah. Don't ask her about the PTSD part, but, you know, she definitely had, like, all the behind-the-scenes look into how that building was built. At least it's pretty. There you go. So, yeah, they they did the tour after we DM'd them, so I'm just saying. And, yeah, we, we were super excited. We bought tickets right then and there, because, uh, duh. And then I got deathly ill, <laughs> like, three days before the concert, <laughs> I made very sure, I want to say before I, like, mention anything else, that it wasn't COVID and that I wasn't contagious. Like, my body is just constantly trying to unalive itself. (laughs) 
and I get sick a lot. And when people get sick and I know someone's sick, I get sick. It's not even because I'm close. <laughs> I just mentally, physically, I'm just my body's not alkaline like lives. <laughs> so I got really, really sick. It was again, it wasn't contagious. It wasn't COVID. I wasn't the one that gave them COVID uh, when they came on the tour stop here. But again, I was very sick. But because we'd had the tickets for months and because I love them and because Ian has been the soundtrack to my life this summer, I couldn't not go. So I promised myself and my <laughs> parents that I would show up and be like the goodest girl and like sit down. I know good is not a word. I would sit down the whole time. I would not sing. I would not scream. I did not do anything. I was like, I'm going to do the same thing that I would do at she home, which is just sit there and like be on my phone. And that's what I did. She did. I wore a mask, two masks actually. I wore, like, the most covered-up sweater get-up you can imagine. <laughs> and I just sat there, and I filmed the entire concert. And I so I just so I could see them live. But trust me, it hurt me in my heart that I couldn't, like, scream along to ballroom extravaganza because that's what I do with my car every fucking day. With that said, here is a little bit more of an inside look into the tour, uh, the regime tour, that we were so blessed to be able to attend in our hometown without having to travel. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Live. Thank you, Rem. Thank you, Cream. Thank you. Thank you. Kamsamnita. <laughs> so because we saw them last year at head in the clouds we kind of knew that their set list would be split between live and ian at head in the clouds it was kind of like live did a song ian did a Thanks song on. like just back and forth back and forth for the tour for this tour they decided to split the show literally in half um since this is the year of Ian, because he dropped an album, he had the last part of the concert and the longer part. Last year, because Live was the one that dropped the album, even though they were ping-ponging. And had more music out in general. Yeah. So even though they were ping-ponging, he would get two songs and then Ian would get one kind of thing. So basically, it was a split. Live started first. Actually, we had a little bit of an opening from Cream, yeah. who like DJed a little bit. It was great. It was adorable. <laughs> and did it actually start exactly on time? Bruh. Okay, listen. Listen, Linda, listen. <laughs> I know that, like, now we're getting used to show starting yeah. on time when it comes to South Korean artists. But, like, it was 6.57. The show was supposed to start at 7. They turn off the lights and the music started at 6.57. Three minutes before showtime. Yeah. That is some next level next next level thing of like you know the the mood music just to set the ambience for like things to get started started three minutes before then yeah. cream came on stage and i was like holy shit like this was timed accurately like michael phelps and the olympics like clocks that like make sure that you know by thousands of a second yeah they got these clocks dpr got these clocks it was, it was incredible yeah i couldn't believe it so the first half was live. I was living my best fucking life. Let me tell you. Uh, I love seeing him perform. So they have a very extensive and elaborate setup for being such a small company. But they're in this stage by themselves the whole time. There are no dancers. There are no nothing. With Ian's music, I don't know if there could be. Oh, yeah, there could be dancers. There but. was some, but, like, behind curtains and showing, like, hands and stuff like that. It wasn't, like, a choreographed thing that you could see all the dancers on right. stage. Like, there's people behind the scenes that you see. And, like, the some of them are dressed all in black because they're blending into the background while they're carrying things. So it looks like it's in space on our, or in darkness. But, yeah, it's not, it's not the typical no. dance, backup dancer thing that you see. No. 
lives music is good for backup dancers like it is i'd have put one or two i guess but the way he doesn't need them is incredible to me mm-hmm. he is in this big ass stage filling it the whole up with all of his songs and just his like stage presence we had seats so we were close but we were a little bit behind general admission and we were towards the side and kathy recently sent me a tiktok of a person that was actually really like in the front of of the stage and they were doing a video and live came over the way i got nervous and it was just a video girl it was just a video girl his just his stage persona and his swag is like ridiculous like and and the more that they're touring like the more cities that they go to the better it gets right because they're more confident yes like they're just (sighs) earning like they're adding points into their brain until like they're hot shit like they're realizing how much hot shit they are and (sighs) it's just so delicious to witness i don't know if live is considered a visual as much as Ian is, but to me he is. To me he is. Fuck the haters. I, that man is hot. Ugh. That man is hot. So he filled the whole stage with his music, and it was super lit. And like I was having a great time. Ryan didn't know what to do. I Ryan was getting her drinks. Was just vibing. <laughs> I was just sitting recording everything like a chaperone mom <laughs> that was was not interested in being there, but I was because I knew that this was my time. Because once Ian started, as much as I like his music, it wasn't the same vibe. So I knew that Brian wasn't going to be by himself for the whole concert. It was just while Live was performing because DPR Weekend Gang. (laughs) DPR Weekend Gang. That's it. That's it. (laughs) Overall, the first half of, of the concert... He had some props, but it wasn't too, too many. No, he had like the astronaut and yeah. then the, I mean, the chair and yeah. the, the inflatable donuts. Yeah, but it, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't too, too much. No, he, it's not like the typical thing that you see them relying right. on the props. Right. The props are just there to help us all kind of feel like we're part of the music video, but it's right. not at all something that they're, they, he could have done the same thing with all of that. Right. But overall... The production really went into yes. Ian's later, like other half yeah. of the concert. Yeah, he had a lot of it. It really, like I mentioned just thirty seconds ago, it it felt like we were in the music video. Yeah. It felt like we were witnessing the recording of the music video. He took us into his universe <clears throat> with him. For example, the the opening song of the of his album, and I think his set was Seraph, which is about his angel falling from the sky and like the song goes into him saying set my wings on fire and these wings appeared on stage and like i had seen it on twitter from before because when we were the third concert stop yeah so we already had like some uh idea of what was gonna happen but just seeing it in person like it was next level and then another song this gigantic hand came from behind the stage and like took him and like you know pulled him in there was, I think, moods, which was like all this color with the lights. Like I think every single song had a different color scheme attached to it. And he had like his dry flash dance moment because he had like a chair and like this lighting from the back. Like, bruh. It was just like they really thought of everything. And like Laura said, even in Ian's case with a bit more production and props. Theatrical, I would theatrical, say. Theatrical, yes, that's a great way to put it. It still wasn't like, oh, he's relying on the props. Like yeah. even towards the end, like the whole prop is a mirror and he's just yeah. looking at himself naked. Delicious, by the way. Thank you for taking off your shirt for a tour. You know, I really appreciate it, like heavily. So I just She's making a heart. I am making a heart. 
so yeah it was great it was really yeah. really like just perfect it was it was perfectly made for the tour yeah you can really tell the different styles because mm-hmm. ian is more theatrical in everything he does yeah. and life is just a rapper he's yeah. just wrapping his life away in the best way possible yeah also worth mentioning florida has to florida in some way <laughs> every <Always>. time like <laughs> there's no way that there's not going to be some florida man florida woman moment at any concert or whatever and in this case in our concert the florida man woman situation was we had three different people faint at three different parts of ian's set and he had to stop his song wait for the person to be carried out of the crowd from the general admission pit and then he could continue and i feel so 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 bad i think we all did yeah for ian especially knowing he's such a sensitive person and to mood changes like i can i can only imagine how he was dealing in his head with that situation because he has introductions to his songs that are basically like his intrusive thoughts talking to him or his personas talking to him so he has a dialogue that introduces the song and the first time that someone fainted, he had to start. And, like, you know, when they do that again, it's not as impactful. It's not as funny. And he's just dealing with that in real time. And, again, it's only the third stop. So it was really hard. And mm-hmm. we found out later it was all because of the venue. The venue was not prepared for a K-pop, quote-unquote, because they're not K-pop. But a Korean act, uh, people were there waiting for since 6.30 in the morning. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. Fucking necessary. Unnecessary. But you know, whatever. The barricade people are the barricade people. And they wanted to get their shots of them from the first row. So whatever. It is what it is. But they're waiting there from very early in the morning. The management did not know what to do with all these people there. Which I'm like, hello, it's a perfect opportunity to make money and sell them fucking food and drinks. Duh. Yes, but it's also a casino. Their whole point is to not disturb the people that are spending thousands of dollars gambling. Right. So having a line of girls, (laughs) God knows how old, just sitting there is not conducive to people gambling. Yeah. And that's the problem that they had with it. I understand that. But, you know, definitely the wrong approach was, the wrong choices were made consistently throughout the day. The people that were in line were not allowed to get out of line to go to the bathroom, to go get food, to go get drinks. And of course, by the end of the day, like they were allowed to get out of line once, once they were allowed like in the venue. And that basically meant that a lot of people were on their feet or just not well-fed, malnourished all day. They didn't drink enough water because they didn't want to have to pee constantly. And that led to three people fainting in the middle of the concert. And, of course, the pushing and stuff. So Ian was extremely responsive to the audience. Like, people would start, like, signaling for him to know that someone fainted. He would stop the music. He would get the person out. He would ask, like, the venue for help getting water to the people, like, in general admission. The the venue said, uh, peace. Not, that's not on us. And then he tried to start the song again. Some of it with the dialogue. It was a fucking mess. Yeah. It was not fun. I feel very bad for him because I was not... No, that set did good. not go the way that he you would it. want to. I remember telling Laura, like, if the people hadn't fainted, the concert would have ended at 9 on the dot. It was supposed to be a two-hour thing from start to finish. Yeah. But it ended fun. at 9.15. It was a Sunday, so, you know, school night, work night, whatever. Yeah. And, yeah, it was... It was tragic. I hope those people litty. are doing better. Yeah. And that they recovered. I'm sorry that they missed part of the show. And I'm sorry for Ian that he had to... <laughs> 
take that all on his set because no one fainted or anything during live set. It was all during Ian's. Because it was shorter and it was at the beginning adrenaline. Yeah. By that time, it had been way too much. People started pushing more. Yeah. It just made sense that it was towards the second yeah. half of it. Yeah. In general, they ended with a couple of songs that they have together. Blue, they um, no, no Blueberries and uh, Deep To Myself, Gang. which is DPR Weekend Gang. They did their few songs that they have together. Right. And... If it was me, because of who I am as a person, I would have put Ian first and DPR last. I understand why that's not the case. I get it. But usually you build up in a concert from least, like less lit to super lit. And this was kind of like a V. Not that Ian isn't lit, but he's a completely different lit than Yeah, life. his album, again, it deals with a lot of the moods and the feelings that he has during a manic episode, during a low. So it's definitely not the upbeat music <laughs> that you expect. But he was the one that came out with an album recently. And it's his he's, turn. I get it. I get it. I'm he's just, living his moment. I'm just out here being rude, pretty much. Yeah, mm-hmm. as she does. That's who I am as a person. Yeah. To a last thing, we're called Dreamers now, apparently. Oh, yeah, we're very excited. We didn't, I didn't even think of it because, again, since they're not K-pop, it, it wasn't really like, oh, I should have a fandom name, but DBR Live mentioned during his set that they've been around for so long that it was kind of weird that they didn't have a fandom name. Not that but weird. But then though. now we do, and we are Dreamers, and I love that. It's cute. Totally it's cute. love that. Makes sense. It does make sense to go with them, so we are 100% behind and we're super dreamers and mm-hmm. yeah and last point the merch they didn't have a lot of merch they had just two options a black shirt or a white shirt mm-hmm. but let me tell you those shirts are amazing yeah if you're watching i'm currently wearing one of them and i actually did a tiktok review of the shirt because i saw that rem again great on twitter was answering questions about why the shirt was expensive because it's $60. And I, for one, and I know Laura feels the same way, we both, we knew it was $60, and we knew, we went into the venue knowing we were going to buy it. Yeah. Because we want to support them. Because we know that concerts are not where artists get their money. The venue gets all the money. The management company gets, gets all the money. Artists end up with very little revenue from concerts. And especially for the dpr collective we know how much work they do in-house and what all the effort that they put into things so we really wanted to make sure to support them with the purchase of the merch so again rem saw questions about why the merch was so expensive he said that this is all cut and like handmade and in korea they have to fly the shirts here which like airplane cargo and all that stuff is expensive and the money is like goes back into what they're investing into their company so aside from that explanation why the reason Laura is bringing it up now and why I made the TikTok about it is, number one, I've never felt this good of a quality of a fabric on a concert shirt in my life. And I've gone to probably over 50 concerts, if not more. And I've bought merch, especially recently for K-pop, at a lot of different concerts. I've never, and I'm wearing the shirt, I have never felt this quality of a fabric on a concert merch in my life. No. It is really, really, really fucking good quality. So, you know, the $60 that I was already going to pay, once the girl gave me the shirt, I was like, oh, damn. (laughs) Here, give me two. Like, I should have bought another one. I should have, me too. I regret. Should have bought 10. 
Fuck it. I regret it. Because it's really comfortable. Yeah. It seems from the messages or the back and forths that I've had with people on the TikTok that I mentioned that they only had two sizes. One's like a small, medium. The other one's a large, extra large. So I bought the large. Which one did you I buy? I got the small, medium. She got the small, medium one. So it's pretty comfy. It's very, like, it's it's loose, but not loose. It's not tight. It's just, like, nice. Mm. And um, all their shirts have a triangle in the bottom, which <laughs> this is when Rem replied to me because I posted the video. I assumed that the little triangle insert was, like, a cool factor, like, a to make the shirt asymmetrical and whatever, and to give it, like, an expander in case, like, you know, you have curves Hips. or whatever. Hips. Delicious. So, but uh, Ram replied, and he said, actually, all their shirts and their merch, like, that's kind of, like, their signature thing, which totally makes sense, like, for DPR to do things differently. So. They really have the quality of music and the quality of music videos and just the quality of things they do really translated to the shirt it is amazing i regret not having another one not having like bought another one but the screen printing is really good like the design is very minimalist which somebody complained about in the comments but people are always going to complain about shit and like honestly who wants the 20 million things in the Laura and I, like, you know, we are not 19, so we want things that are undercover, that when we, if you want to go to work with this shirt, no one's going to think anything of it. It does say regime in the back, but but who looks at that? And the the front is just like, you know, it's a, it makes sense with all the colors and all the things, the production of this tour. Everything was around colors. So this shirt is just like another, like Laura said, it complements the storyline and who they are and all the work that they put into the thing. So maybe we shouldn't wear the shirts in like a very Cuban office. Sure. Maybe not because, you know, regime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. So if if you're thinking about going to the concert and you're like, hmm, that's a little steep. Let me tell you, every fucking concert that we've gone to recently, the shirts are at least forty five dollars, if not more. Mostly they are more than that. And they're not good quality. Horrible quality. Like those shirts, it costs them five dollars to make. I don't know how much it costs them to make these in Korea. However much it was, at least they, they picked a really good fabric to yeah. justify the, the expense. The, yeah. It's, and it, it is a justifiable investment into a group that deserves it. Yeah. You're not going, you're not putting your money or giving your money to a big corporation. Yeah. They're a small company. Hopefully not for long, but for right now, yeah. they're a small company doing the most. And this is going to help them like you do more. And if they have shirts left over, I believe they said that they were going to post them on their website, but they're not available online right now. So if you don't get it at the concert, you're shit out of luck. Like, yeah, so just get it, get it's it and get that. two because we regret not getting one. Mm-hmm. And with that, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, watching. We really appreciate it. We'll add lots of links to the description with interviews that we've seen with TikToks with all the things that we mentioned in the podcast episode and we hope you come back for the next one dpr we gang gang dpr we <laughs> gang gang yes Bye. Bye. thank you so much for listening to this episode of the mia2k podcast we have lots of great content coming up ahead so please don't forget to follow and subscribe to our show on apple Podcasts and spotify and if you enjoyed our episodes please rate us five stars And for the real-time tea, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook by searching for at MIA2K Podcast. Dale! Bye!